You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and this is episode number 34, and we are going to title this episode, Mom, You Are Amazing, and that's because that is the name of my friend Sandy Cooper's brand new book that she put out this year, May of 2022, in honor of Mother's Day, and this episode is going to come out after Mother's Day, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't read the book. I want you to read the book. This is such a fantastic book, and Sandy is such an amazing and gifted writer, and we're going to go right on in, and you are going to fall in love with her exactly the same way I did so many years ago. So buckle your seatbelts, slow down society. We are going to dive on in, and this is me interviewing my friend Sandy about her new book entitled, Mom, You're Amazing. Sandy Cooper is in the house, and I am so happy (laughs) to have you here because I feel as if I've known you for a hundred million years. A hundred million. And we are lifelong best friends. Yes. And we hang out and chill we do. And, and do all these great things, except I don't, I've never met you in real life. True. I've never hugged you in real life. It I feels like we have. I on the phone. I know. I know. And it feels also, like we we're Zooming at the same time. And this Sandy Cooper, you are rocking the shoulders and the arms. You look fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I haven't been working out very much, though. I need to, uh, because this, you know, life... I, yes. I mean, I won't go into it all, but it's just taken over. Life has taken over. But thank you for the kind compliment because I'm in workout clothes because you promised me we wouldn't be like posting this on the YouTube. So no, the, the okay. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Wait, that's right. capital T. The. That's, right, the, that's how us old people, we refer to everything techie <laughs> with a the, you know, well, the TikTok. When you, er, the no, Amazon, so earlier when we were talking ring lighting, you said, oh, you go to Amazon.com. That's right. I said the Amazon.com. <laughs> Which isn't even accurate, because if you type that in, it won't, you'll probably end up at like something geographical, like showing a river. Yes. So, oh my goodness. I, Steph, I want to say too, to all of, um, well, maybe we'll talk about this more in a minute, but um, but I too feel like I've known you for a thousand million years. And, and when I refer to you in real life, I always say, my friend, Stephanie O'Day. Like I always oh. call you my friend. And- yeah. And so I had your, your book that we're going to talk about on my desk yesterday yeah. because um, that's what you get to do when you're a school site secretary is in between phone calls and emails and bloody noses. Every yeah. once in a while you can read. Also, the principal was out, so it was kind of... Nice. And more, more opportunity to yes. read. So my, so my friend Joan says, oh, what is this? And I said, oh, my friend Sandy wrote a book. When yeah. I'm done, you should read it. But yeah. absolutely, like no doubt you're my friend Sandy. Yeah, Absolutely. A hundred percent. And whenever I like link to something you've done or, 
you know, have your one of your cookbooks out, which I have several, I will often say, yes, my friend, my friend Stephanie wrote this, my friend, you know, and I always throw in New York Times bestseller. Like I always (laughs) say that because I want people to associate me with that. And you, but also that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, one degree away from greatness. <laughs> you are so funny. So, so I think. Okay, so what year are we? We're in twenty twenty two. Can you believe it? So yeah. So we've been friends for a very long time, and we met I, in probably two thousand eight. Yeah, I'm thinking so that was the, yeah. that was the crockpot year, mm-hmm. um, and then your website is the scoop on balance. Correct. And that was in the throes of me trying to balance everything Mm -hmm. and really being kind of annoyed at the internet who kept telling me that I couldn't do it, that Mm -hmm. I couldn't balance anything, Mm -hmm. I couldn't balance everything. Mm -hmm. And I just felt an immediate connection to you Mm. that, what a defeatist attitude. Why Mm -hmm. go around telling people you can't balance things? Like, what's the point then? Like, like, why are we doing all of these things? Of course you can. Like, isn't that the American dream to (laughs) have it all? Right, right. Yes, yes. Uh, Well, and you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts about that. So if you have a question and you're asking that, I have an answer. Okay, yes. (laughs) Is that a question? Cooper, (laughs) tell the rest of the world how they are. (laughs) I'm not going to tell them how they're wrong because I hear that it's going to get coming. Okay, you you do you. You tell me your thoughts. Okay, here are my thoughts, because I was actually thinking about all of this right before we got on, because you were kind enough to send me a few thoughts. And I thought, you know, I'm going, I want to give an articulate answer because, um, yeah, just because that's good. That's good for people to hear articulation. Um, (laughs) Articulation. I think we should make a song. I like it. Articulation. Yeah, yeah, I like to sing. Okay. (laughs) Um, So first of all, I do think that the word balance has turned into, it's a very polarizing term for women, especially. Um, and like you, I have spent a lot of my internet scroll time, um, fielding that, that concept of balance is a myth. Balance is a unicorn. Balance doesn't exist. Stop trying to balance your life. And, and my, my, um, response to that, first of all, First of all, I think having balance and doing it all are not exactly the same thing. So I want to address that secondly. But the first thing I want to say is that I think it's really important to define our terms. (laughs) Um, You know, you've been a teacher, so you know defining terms is really important because if we're not talking about the same thing, I may very well agree with you that your definition of balance is not feasible. (laughs) And so if you're talking about craziness then I, I might be like, yeah, well, sure. I mean, if that's what you're trying to do. And, and I know for many years, I was trying to balance my life in unrealistic ways and trying all the wrong things. And so what I usually do when I am encountering that, or more importantly, when I'm encountering, because I don't much pay attention to it on the internet and, anymore, but when I'm encountering a, a woman face-to-face who wants to discuss this and feels like it's not realistic, I will... First, help her define balance by by helping her understand what balance is not. And so, you know, balance, and I have a whole list of things. I'm just going to read them to you because these are the things that balance to me is not. Balance. Can I, can I just yeah. tell you right yeah. now? Yes. You're just wonderful. 
And, and I love everything you're doing. And um, I appreciate this because it is a loaded term. It and is. And I think people are envisioning a tightrope and you have to do it this perfectly one way or you're going to fall off. Yes. And, and that is why I've always connected with you. So I'm yeah. super insanely excited to hear your list. This is so fun. Okay. So first of all, I don't think balance is doing every single thing. Okay. I don't think balance is doing everything that your friends are doing. I don't think balance is doing everything that your friends think you should be doing. Balance is not doing everything you see people doing on social media. Balance is not doing everything well. Like you're allowed to stink at something. It's totally okay. And you can still be balanced. Balance is not doing everything by yourself without help. Balance is not doing a little bit of every single thing every single day, which is what I was trying to do for like the first 20 years of adulthood. Um, <laughs> balance. Just, well, I just I gave my head. 20 years is <laughs> okay. accurate. I Maybe think we 10. can bump that. Yeah. No, I'm thinking, no, because you're 10 years old. I'm talking right. about, I'm thinking your, your first 10 years of motherhood, maybe you were trying For to do sure. that. For sure. Well, and, and if, also and, the 10 years before motherhood, I will right. say. Like yeah. when I was like single crazy woman, I was yeah. trying to do everything every day. And yeah, I call, think there was some to, yeah. fuzzy math there, Sandy. Yeah, I'm horrible at math. See, <laughs> that's one thing. We're 28 perpetually. Yeah, yeah but I'm not. I'm not. Um, okay, it's it's not spreading yourself equally among every person and task and responsibility and expectation that you have of yourself and everyone has of you. That's not balance. And balance, I think, and this is a huge one. Balance is not the absence of stress or conflict. Mm. Like stress wait, and wait, say it over again. Balance is not the absence of stress or conflict. Like people think that if they feel any bit of discomfort or stress, then they're doing it wrong. And I'm I would just want to invite you to humanity. Where where <laughs> welcome, stress welcome and conflict. To the real world. Yeah. yeah. It's like stress and conflict. And I'm not saying if you live in a perpetual state of stress, then we have an issue and let's address that. But for for most people, you will encounter stress and conflict just because you're in a world with people. And, and so that's what it means. Like you're going to have stress and conflict. So after 20 years, I mean, literally of trying to do balance by one of those definitions, I, I came to a different definition. And for me, when I'm talking about balance, I am talking about this. I'm talking about it's the peace that I have. And I know you love the word peace and you use that in a lot of your writing and, and podcasting too. It's the peace that I have when I know, first of all, what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And my life is living in alignment with that. Okay. So that's balance. And so, you know, so much of balance is a mental, it, it, there's so much of a mental component to it. So like when you talked about people see it as a tightrope, um, and you know, there are a lot of mental images again, why it's so polarizing and why people want to just chuck the whole idea, because isn't it easier when you've tried and failed at something to just say that's impossible rather than to say, well, wait, maybe I'm defining it wrong. Maybe I, I can make some adjustments and find the real way to do it. So it's easier for women to just say, yeah, I tried all of that and that doesn't work. Let's just say it doesn't exist. Yeah. But so, so when, when it, it, I, it's, I, a, it's a, it's a brain shortcut. It right. is. Right. And, it's and just, it is, it, yes. You know, we teach our kids that 
work is work. Right. <laughs> and, and, and if it was easy, everybody would do it. But right. we're not trying to live an everybody life. We're trying to live what we hope is kind of an extraordinary life. Yes. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, you know, when you talked about the tightrope imagery, I do think a lot of women have that in their mind. And the one that was, that plagued me for so many years was like the balance scales. And, and it's very confusing because if you like go to my website or you go to like read my first book, I use this scale like as a little icon. So it's confusing because I don't, that isn't how I want to view balance because what that implies is that like everything has to be in perfect alignment at all times. And that if you like take something from one side, it throws it off and then you have to like adjust and do. And so I, I was doing that all the time and being very frustrated. And what I really realized, um, for, for me to make balance a workable thing, I had to change my view of it as more of a pendulum where like a pendulum swings. It's the rhythm of the swinging back and forth that gives the energy, that gives the life to, you know, if you think of it like with a clock or you even think of it as like, I live near the ocean now. I know you live near the ocean on the other coast so far away from me. So um, at some point there will be a, a union. Yes. yes at one be. of the coasts. Let's there make it at a coast. There are so many margaritas. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when I think of like, that energy of the back and forth, the ebbs and flows, the extremes of pendulum swinging, it helps me grasp what is often seemingly an unbalanced life season or an unbalanced week or an unbalanced day. I can, I can just like hop on that thing and ride it over and, and realize, and I always think of like, like when you bring infants home, Mm -hmm. you know, it is the most whack season. Yes. You are not sleeping. People are bringing you meals. You've got this human attached and, to and you. a lot of times <laughs> you're thankful for the meals and you're like, but it's I don't like, eat that I don't want to eat this. <laughs> I never eat this. Right. Let's have totally. carb overload right now exactly. while I'm already feeling like flumpity flump. So, yes. Yeah, no, or I everything's know. just a big roast. It's always a roast or lasagna. Those are the two so favorites. So much lasagna. So much lasagna. So, so you know, when, it's, one thing I wanted to piggyback on when you were talking about um, the tightropiness and yeah. the scales is yeah. to point out that sort of society has created this set of rules that yeah. people think that they need to check off like a to-do list. And it, and it comes really from just how we raise humans now is yes. tell me what to do in order to please mom. Tell me what to yes. do in order to please my teacher. What is going to be on the test? I'm going to learn exactly what's on the test and I'm going to do these things and I'm going to check it off and I'm going to mm-hmm. get my A and then I'm going to move on and tell me what I need to do in order to graduate and get this right. degree and get this job. And then all of a sudden, you're a parent and, and, and you're now in charge of raising this next generation mm-hmm. and you're a quote unquote adult, even though you really don't feel very adulty. Yes. And you want to be told exactly what to do mm-hmm. and how to get this baby to stop crying. And if just I learn how to swaddle better, right. um, the reflux will go away. And, yes. and it's it's so challenging. And and 
we think if we Google enough, we're yeah. going to get the answer. And really, it's sort of kind of unplugging and and going within and following your intuition. Yes. Which hasn't been bred in us no. <laughs> in a very long time. Like, like what does that mean? Right. Um, well, and I think that is the key to figuring out what what is – I mean, I think in order for us to really achieve – true balance or peace is is understanding, first of all, what's important to you right now and being realistic about the season of life you're in. Like you have to be realistic about your circumstances, which is why I'm a little hesitant when, when you know, I'm a little hesitant to it, tell women straight up without really knowing where they're coming from that they can have anything that they want. Because I think society, like you said, has fed us a bill of goods that um, that we should want things that maybe aren't even really that important to us. Yeah, you know they they it you know the whole thing about advertising is really to create a, a, to make us discontent with how we currently are, and then tell us because what you need you're lacking something. It's like to constantly make us feel like we're lacking. So, so, so what's interesting yeah. is I have my own um, business coach who's always telling me that I need to sell harder. I'm like, I don't like that part. Right. Like, well, you're in business. I'm like, eh, I just want to help people. So right. I, I get that because in growing up, my dad used to sort of quip, and I'm sure it was dating advice, but he would say, never trust a salesperson because they're going to talk you into doing something or buying <laughs> something you don't want or need. And, and he's, so, he's thinking about, yeah, yeah his, his daughter like, on a date. I, my, my guard is immediately up. Me too. Whenever there's some sort of sales pitch, yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Yes, I have all this great stuff. I would love for you to buy it. If you don't, that's okay. I'm still gonna like you, right? And and that's why I think you and I connect so much. And then this book, which really you're on this podcast to promote, and it's adorable that you haven't pushed it in any way so far. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's the title of this podcast, which is "Mom, You're Amazing." Yeah. And that's the title of your book. And I think that is the takeaway is mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're doing it. Yes. The fact that you want to try to do it maybe a little bit better mm -hmm. or a little bit easier already separates you from the herd. You're already more thoughtful and more mindful and more aware, and you're already going to be raising this next generation to be more humanitarian and kind yeah. than, than you may think of others. And you absolutely do not need all of the fancy fancies in any way. The, right. the, kid, the kids needs hugs right. and, and unconditional love. Yep. And... Yeah, they, they need, need you to they be don't there. Need Disney, they don't right. need Hawaii. They don't. Although need a I European love Disney, getaway. I love a good Disney. So I'm, you know, they might, they might <laughs> You're need in Florida. Yeah, and I'm I do. Actually uh, in California, but yeah, yeah. so, so yes, yeah. I love a good Disney too. But yeah. it doesn't mean you failed if you right. don't. If you can't do Disney. that, no. Yeah, and I and I think that that really is like because the mom who is saying, "How can I have everything?" Um might have that in her mind. Like all those things you just checked off, those might be things that she, for whatever reason, if she just exposes herself to Instagram for an hour, she will see all of these moms doing all of these things and immediately internalize that and, and, and really weirdly like form it into one 
person. So she'll like take the mom who's taking her kids to Disney and the one who does crafts and the one who's killing it in their home business and the one who just lost all her baby weight and the one who just had date night with her husband and the one who's walking on the beach and the one who's having her quiet time with her coffee and her book. And and then she'll like form it and morph it into one woman. And then she'll add to that all the things that are important to her. So like whatever then is important to, you know, this woman, it becomes this woman that first of all, isn't even real. Right. <clears throat> which is why why I'm careful to be like what well, hold on like what's what's everything that you are trying to achieve and then you know she's always going to fall short and then it's easy to just say well this has got to be fake this has got to be a myth and in that respect it is it is a myth but okay, if you so so let's let's talk about that for a little bit because yeah. I love my life yes and me you too love your life I do and I've got a great marriage, mm-hmm. and you've got a great marriage. Yes. And I've got great kids, mm-hmm. and you've got great kids. Yes. And I get to go to the beach. Yeah. And you get to go to the beach. <laughs> it's like we're the same person. It's, it, sort of. <laughs> but I feel and I try to show the messy parts and that mm-hmm. I just try <clears throat> to find the good in things, and because I try and find the good of things, somehow more good happens. Yes. And, like, is that a real thing? Like, like yeah. So in, in Law of Attraction university speak, sure. that is a real thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And you, I, so I'm going to confess that the first time that I talked to Sandy on the phone, I was a nervous wreck because no. I, I wasn't christian enough. <laughs> I I hate that. No, I don't want you to hate it because it was my own insecurity. And then you wrote back and you said, "Um, I hope I never gave off an air of that. And you didn't. Okay, good. Anyway, it was, it was me. And, um, and, and so like yesterday I was in a Catholic church for a funeral and tomorrow we're going to a bar mitzvah. So I, I'm (laughs) very chameleon-y. With yes, religion and spiritualness, and I love all aspects. I don't necessarily like rules, um, and so right, <laughs> yeah, where where I get a little turned off. But you are not that way. And, well, thank um, you. Where was I going, Sandy? <laughs> you were you were talking about your life and how you love it and how you yeah. have so. The, the, yeah. So is and, it because we have actively chosen that even though? There's sticky countertops and crumbs on mm-hmm. the floor. I'm going to sit and hug the babies and and see that as a silver lining. Is that like then somehow we were cosmically rewarded or mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't get it because right. I don't feel any better or any different than anybody else. And I'm sure you don't either. Right. Yes, that is true. Um yeah, that's a huge question and I would say that, you know, without giving it a whole lot of thought, I might change my answer. We might have to do a part two if I change my answer. Okay. I'll talk to you every day. That's so fun. Well, we do talk technically every day. We just listen to each other's stuff and we read each other's stuff. So it feels like, I just told you before we hit record that I feel like I talk to you every day, even though we don't talk every day because I feel like- Let's plug your podcast really quick. What's your, your podcast is Scoop on Balance? No, no, the Balanced balanced Momcast. The, the balanced, balanced mom cast. And that yes. is on all of the devices. It's on everything, yes. And, and you're it, a podcast veteran. You've been I have been three uh, over three years now. Yeah. I'm about to do my I'm about to record my hundred and fiftieth episode. Wow. 
Yeah. So that's been really fun. Although I am going to take a break for the summer. So if people are hearing this in the summer and they're like, what? She hasn't recorded a podcast since the end of May. Yep. Because that's what I do for the sake of balance. <laughs> because also you, also you have 150 to go back and listen yeah, to. Yeah. So you, so you don't have, complain. <laughs> that's right. You have plenty of time to catch up before I resume in the fall. Um, okay. Okay. So, so wait, back to your question. Your answer? Because the I, answer, I, I didn't, I didn't I, answer yet. I threw yet. you the world's largest matzo ball to hit back to me. No, I love it. Okay. So I think, I think that how we live matters. I don't think we are just here by chance. I don't think our choices are without consequences. I think we can make like legitimately good choices and we can make legitimately bad choices. And I think that our lives will bear the fruit of the decisions that we make a hundred times a day or whatever, 35,000 times a day. If you, if you Google that on the Google, on the, <laughs> the Google. Google, on the Google, then you will see that we make approximately 35,000 choices a day. And I do think that our lives will bear the fruit of those decisions. And so if you are making daily decisions to love your people well, if you're making daily decisions to be thankful for everything that you have and focus on those things, if you are generous with your time and your resources, which I have to plug you really quick, one of the reasons why Steph and I are friends, well, probably the reason that we are friends is because in 2008, when she had this super mega popular blog that totally blew up. I don't know who sent me there, but someone said, oh, Crock-Pot, blah, 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 get a recipe there. And I found something on there that I liked or had a question about. And in the midst of a hundred comments, probably, I wrote something and she replied, personally <laughs> replied. And I, back in the heyday of blogging, when everyone was responding on blogs and leaving comments, the big bloggers never replied. It was like their thing. Like, I'm sorry, I don't have time to reply to you. And Stephanie, I was so like, what? She was so generous with her time. And then when I was having like some kind of crisis, I don't even remember what it was. It was something about cleaning my house. My kids were little. I was losing my mind. I wanted to hire a cleaning lady, but I didn't want to hire a cleaning lady. And I remember reaching out to her. I was on vacation and I emailed her with all my questions like, Will she even reply? And she, okay, so I feel like she was so, <laughs> so generous. You're, well, you're so sweet and, <laughs> and you're actually making my eyes well up with tears because this is why I've always sort of felt like a bit of a fraud in that I would go to these writers' conferences and, and food conferences and stuff mm -hmm. and they just were so snotty. Mm. Like I look at every comment as there's an actual for reals human there. And here and, she is. Like, she for yeah. real was a real human. Like, young mom trying to figure it out. Yeah, like, you yeah. took time out of your day to write to me. Mm -hmm. Like, that's very sweet. And and if it was a blogging software, you took the time to, like, create an account and, right. and like, do all this stuff. Like, that's yeah. a lot of time and work and effort. And and now with, with children, and yeah. it's like, I want to be a mom to every human is, is mm -hmm. how I sort of feel right now. Like... Every worm, let's save the worm and, and, and <laughs> yes. all of the things. Yes. Yes. But all of the, the, like, it's all just somebody's baby. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. somebody cutting me off in traffic. Oh, okay. All right. You go. Go yeah. do what you need to do. Right. Safely. Please right. be safe. Right. But it's somebody's 
child, obviously, yes. maybe yes. somebody's parent, maybe somebody got really bad news and are rushing to go right. take care of it. Like that is okay. I am right. not in a rush. I'm, I'm literally not in a rush. Right. Right. And that, and I think because you are constantly making those kinds of decisions, which is why, you know, why I even used those things as an example is because that, those are the kinds of decisions as far as I, as long as I have known you and as far as you have communicated with me, you have been generous and kind with your knowledge, with your expertise, with whatever information you've had, you have like lavished as, lavished it on me as if I'm your BFF and we had never met. And so because, Steph, that you have made decisions like that, I believe that that you reap the benefits of sowing. It's like sowing good seed into soil. If you sow good seed into soil, good plants will come up. If you're constantly tending your garden and pulling up weeds and putting in, you know, fertilizer and compost and all the things that you need to grow a good crop. I'm not a farmer. I'm sounding no, like I, I really am. I like this because in my slow down and simplify ebook, I, <laughs> I talk about my grass, which is really silly because yeah. we're in California and <laughs> There's a drought and I'm not supposed to have grass, but I have really good organic soil, so I can only water once a week and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. environmentalists stay away. I promise it's very good soil. But because right. of that, like it's so silly. I sit in the grass with Sheldon and I rake through mm -hmm. the grass blades. If one doesn't look right, I pluck it. Which right. I, I look at it as one therapy because I'm just alone with my thoughts or you're in my ears because I'm listening mm -hmm. to podcasts. Right. Um, but since I do it so often – it's not overtaken, even right. though across the street, there's literally a house, like suburban front yards, and it's Dandelion City. Like, mm -hmm. you can't fix that unless you rototill the whole thing. Right. But because I'm constantly paying attention to my little postage stamp of grass. Right. I, and, and so when you're looking at your life and you're looking at your thoughts and yeah. you're in the middle of one of these really frantic kind of seasons of life. How do you tune out Yeah, yeah all, that, all of that negativity so then you can go within and, and pay attention to these little beings? Well, I think that is, that is the question, isn't it? Because, and, and this is where I'm going to lean heavily on, you know, my Christian, my Christian worldview of things, but there is a scripture in the Bible that says, um, to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Okay. So whether or not you're a Christian, sure. just, just take the concept of, of taking every thought into captivity and making it obedient. Okay. First of all, that implies that this is going to be a fight because if you have to take something captive and make it obedient, it means it doesn't want to be taken captive. It means it wants to be its own thing. And so if we just let our our thoughts... I love that because now I'm yes. like envisioning this little like thought monster with like crazy yes. arms and you're putting it in a cage and captive. Yes. What a great visual, Sandy. Cooper. It is. And that is how I approach it every time I feel like... I need to change the way I'm thinking, I have to remember this is not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. And so it takes some effort and and you can't just take captive a thought, make it obedient to whatever it is you want to make it obedient to without replacing it with a better thought. And so, so understanding like 
I mean, and this Steph, I have like, I feel as though I have literally rewired my brain because when, when my kids were babies, um, and I'm, I write about this a lot, you know, I'm on my blog, I've been blogging since 2008 and, early on in the blog when I was writing all the time, I wrote a lot about my struggle with depression and anxiety. And um, and overwhelm is just a thing that has always been an issue for me. And so much of it is just, it's not even overwhelm in my schedule, it's overwhelm in my thinking. And so I, I can remember walking through my house when my kids were tiny and just just literally saying out loud, like, I need a new brain. Like it just felt so... Like, like the, your neighbor across the street who just has to till the whole thing over and just start over. I almost felt like if I could just have a brain transplant, like, do they do those? Where could, where could I find a better one? And I realized that by just doing what I just described, like one by one, when a thought comes in that is not a thought that is serving me. It is not serving my family. It's not serving the people I love. It's not serving the vision I have for my life. Um, that I have got to, first of all, recognize that it's a thought that I, and that I do have control over what I'm thinking. I don't, I might not have control over the thought entering my mind, but I do have control over what I do with it. So if, if my thought automatically, you know, you mentioned traffic and people cutting you off, if every time, and this is a real thing. Okay. So real life example, you brought up something that I've deliberately changed. I, I hate bad drivers. It drives me nuts when people are like in and out, weaving in and out of traffic and cutting me off and, you know, going 90 when the speed limit's 50 or whatever. Sure. Can't stand it. And so when I, I used to just like grip the steering wheel and people would cut me off and I'd just be like, oh, you know, and I would think bad things like you're a bad driver and you're a bad person and you're going to kill somebody. And who do you think you are? And I started replacing that thought, first of all, with what you just said. I thought, you know what? I've been the mom with the kid who, who well, with Noah, my oldest son who died. When we took him to the hospital, we, we were driving like that. And I've been that mom. And so I immediately think maybe there's an emergency. And the next thing that I do is I pray for them. And I'm just like, God, whatever, just please keep them safe. Bless their family. Bless whatever they're doing right now. Whatever's making them feel like they need to put everyone's lives at risk, including mine. Um, just bless them, God. And and I when now that it was really hard at first, you know, it was really hard when someone cuts you off to be like, oh my gosh, you know, and think good things <laughs> and pray right. for them and their goodness. But after you do it, like, you know, we know not enough about the brain now that you can create new neuropathways. Like you really can. So that whole wish that I had back, you know, 25 years ago where I was like, God, give me a new brain. Like, I feel like he has yeah. because I have, he's shown me the way, take every thought captive, Sandy, make it obedient. And then replace it with good. So, you know, the thankfulness and the the focusing on what's important right now and not focusing on every, like, it's literally like, I don't know what other people, what plagues other people, the kinds of thoughts that plague most other women. I just know mine. So I just know, literally, I have to like take each thing individually, wrestle that thing down, yes. replace it with something that serves 
my family serves me, serves my vision for my life. And Steph, we can like really create then the life, like that's how you do it. Like that's, and it's, it's a lengthy process. You're, it's not going to be like, Hey, can you give us a quick tip? And you're going to go off and that there's, there's no quick tips. No, no. Um, Okay. Lots of thoughts while you were talking, but I didn't want to interrupt you. So your book, which is mom, you're amazing. You, in the preface, you you talked about Noah, yeah, and the trauma and in this traumatic life experience that you and your husband went through, and mm-hmm. then you continued to kind of process and reprocess. And I um actually right before um because I knew you were going to come on, I wanted to record an episode on trauma, so that will mm. come out before your okay. episode. Um, Good. Because I think when people think about trauma and healing from trauma, they think there's a certain way and when you're healed, you're healed. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know that's not true. And mm-hmm. you can't just sort of flip a switch and and be done and over something. And reading your essays and you are such a gifted writer. Oh my gosh. I Thank you. I kept crying mm-hmm. and smearing mascara <laughs> at my desk and I'm wearing my N95 mask. So like the whole yes. top part of it is like black with, oh, and I had foundation. So it was like um, Beautiful. definite hot mess. But you are <laughs> such a great writer. Thank and you. And the way you processed your thoughts and sort of made like like it when when you have a traumatic event and life in general is messy and mm-hmm. there's lots of trauma that occurs on different levels um everyone is going to come across death in their sure. lifetime everyone is going to have some sort of horrific series of events that happens in front of them and, yep. and when I think of trauma, I think of a thought and an envisioning and emotions that you can't sort of shake. And and that is what I tried to explain in the last episode, and that you have to work through it. And you mm-hmm. have to go through it at your own time, in your own pace. Yes. And you are such a testament to mm. that because you could have gone the other way. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I will, I will say, I will attribute, um, so much of that because, you know, our trauma happened with our first child and we were young. And I think, you know, to be introduced to motherhood in that way, um, was, was life altering, you know, it was life altering for sure. It's going to be life altering at any point in life. Um, but it's that set kind of set the course for the kind of mom I, and really the kind of adult I was going to be because, you know, I was in my 20s when that happened. And so um, I will attribute so much of that healing and doing it in the right way to um, one of the dear women at our church at the time. Um, they were 
they were our worship pastors and they, I was on the phone with them. It was right after Noah died. And, you know, we had all prayed for him to live and, um, and everyone was devastated. Like it was just, it was, and it was just that time where I just didn't even have words to, um, to describe the amount of like devastation and shock and pain. Like you just, there's nothing that there's no words to describe what it's like. And, and they were on the phone with me while I was like screaming. Okay. Like legit screaming and just so angry and so hurt and everything hurt. And, and Lisa is her name, Lisa Nelson. If she ever comes across this podcast, hi, Lisa. (laughs) Um, she, she, thank you for taking care of Yes. Thank you. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, and she said to me, she said, Sandy, you do whatever you need to do to get better, to move through this. And she said, if that means, and she started naming things. She goes, if that means that you go and sit in the rocking chair where you rocked him every day and you rock all day, you do that. If you have to hold his blankets to your face, if you have to get out and, you know, see people, if you have to stay home and see no people, she said, and you do not, and her, then her husband got on the phone. His name is Rusty. Thank you, Rusty. And he, um, and he got on and he said, and you say whatever you need to say to God, because he is not offended at your questions. And those two things, like, first of all, knowing that I could say whatever I needed to say to God, because I was so disillusioned. Like, I didn't know if I could ever walk with a God or serve a God in any way who would deny, that would give me a good parking space when I pray for it, but won't heal my son. Like I didn't get that. And so, and, and also, you know, grief is such a weird thing and everyone tells you how to do it. And they tell you it should go in stages and, you know, and then, and then they, they name the stages. Well, and, and that's back to the checklist. Oh, okay. Yes, there's right. these seven this stages. Is, where am I? Like, where am I? And, yeah. and, and that is it's not ridiculous. at all how real grief is. <laughs> it's all over the place. It's, and it, those might be the different things you feel, but you can feel all those things in the same five minutes sometimes yes. and, and, and go back and forth between them. But if, if I would not have felt the freedom to, to say whatever and feel whatever I needed to feel to toward God and without him, without feeling like I would be, um, condemned or separated from him. And also feeling like I could do whatever I needed to do for however long I needed to do it to heal. I don't think I would be okay because I couldn't envision a day when I would ever truly feel joy again. And I can tell you that I a hundred percent feel joy every single day. And, and while I still very much miss Noah and I would never want to wish anything like that, I would wish I didn't have to go through it. I hate that anyone ever has to lose a kid, but I am so thankful that the pain, I don't feel like the pain has been wasted. I have squeezed every single bit of life and help for every other person I know to the best. I've used it 
I've used it in every possible way to better myself, to better my family, to better my children, to better every parent who's gone through trials. It's helped me to be a less judgmental parent. It's helped me to be a more compassionate parent. It's helped me to be more thankful and mindful. All those things that we like, how do I stay present? All I have to do is remember, hey, guess what? I might not get tomorrow with this kid because I've had a last day with a kid. And, and all of a sudden, it's like immediate clarity, you know? So... That was a lot. I don't even know where, what your question was. Did you ask a question? <laughs> what did we say? What? I, um, <laughs> I love hearing you speak, and you speak mm. the way you write. And I, I, think that's, I think that is just wonderful. Mm. Thank and you. I have to go to work now. <laughs> no, don't leave I me. I, I hear Adam out in the backyard, and he's watering the lemon trees, and I need to go wake mm. Sheldon up. So it is 6.53 a.m. Um, my time, which means it's, it's 9.53. And you have workout clothes on, and I'm totally jealous. But That's where I'm going um, next, baby. Yeah. But yeah. one of my favorite things about my job right now is um, that I get to be a mom all day long and just yeah. love on the people. And um, Same. And that is who you are. And, and that was one last thing that I wanted to touch on is you are – perfectly a-okay with, with self-identifying as a mom first. Yes. And I feel sometimes, and it's not okay to try and recreate the past, but I think sometimes people are very quick to not lean in right now to being a mom first. And mm -hmm. now that you're, you've got older kids and I've got older kids, do you have any regrets that you leaned into being a mom first? <laughs> I have zero regrets about that. In fact, I know myself well enough to know if if I wouldn't have done that, I would have regretted that. Um, I am now, we talked about bearing fruit from making decisions. I am now literally, well, it's not literal because that's a metaphor. <laughs> I am metaphorically <laughs> bearing. So no, don't say bad words. Sorry. That's right. Oh, now this has to be explicit. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I am um I am metaphorically bearing all the fruit of that decision. That single decision to if I have to decide between, you know, sacrificing quality time. And that's not to say, and you know this, you don't always, you, you don't like live hand and foot, uh, you know, waiting on your kids. There are times for you to go do some other things. And there, and I totally celebrate when moms do that. But the overarching, like when you know you need to be present, you need to put something else aside for a while, for a season or for the day or for a moment, I am I am now like the relationships that I now have with my children who are now 23, 20 and 15. I would not have I wouldn't have that. I I like I'm so close with all of my kids and it's because I just I just every day had to make a decision because, you know, I mean, when you read the book, you see me fighting through because that those essays, a lot of them were written in that season where I was like, but God, like, didn't you, don't you want me to be a writer? And, yeah. and, and then the way, I, don't you want me to, to be a, an internet millionaire the way that guy says you can do <laughs> Right. That what about the guy who's sort of well, full of it? 
And for me, it was like, I want to be an arena speaker. You know, all these women who like go and speak to arenas of people. I'm so glad, Steph, that he did not give me that. Like, I'm so glad that that wasn't what, because now here I am on the other side and, and maybe now I have a little more time and I could actually go speak in an arena and I don't want to. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, I like this quite. And I like that your whole podcast emphasis is on slowing down and living a smaller life because, because I think you realize that the big things are the small things. Ooh, I like that. That's a bumper sticker. There you go. Yes. Maybe that should be the subtitle. Mom, you're amazing. The big things are the small. No, that doesn't work. Never mind. So, Scratch so your that. book. So we're going to plug it yep. one last time, and then I for realsies have to wake okay, up children right. and take him for a walk, or he's going to poop in the crate, and it's a big thing. <laughs> it's a big thing. <laughs> it's a big thing. Children <laughs> is so much my baby. So I know I, he's I, so I, cute. I, I tuck him in at night in his crate, which is essentially a crib, and then I yeah. wake him up again. And <laughs> of course, and then yeah, you have to go take him for a walk and feed him. We, yeah, we slightly ferberized him when he was a baby, and I struggled <laughs> with that. So great, <laughs> but it's fine. It's so it worked great. Out okay. Yes, you're a good dog, mom. <laughs> okay, good for you. So yes. Sandy Cooper yes. is spelled exactly the way Sandy Cooper should be spelled. That's right, <laughs> with a Y and and a C. That's right. <laughs> and One it's, P. And it's yeah. mom. You're amazing. <laughs> And other things I want to tell you. Yes. And Thank you. my favorite part about this is you can pick this book up and then put it back down. Mm-hmm. So if you have mom ADHD brain or if you're doing 106 million things at once, that mm-hmm. is okay because Short they are chapters. bite-sized mm-hmm. chapters. It's delicious and wonderful <laughs> and lovely just like you. Oh, you're the best. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.